Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. Hello and welcome along to an extra special bit of Christmas content just to wish you a very, very Merry Christmas from everyone here at the Rugby Pod. We're going to ask uh, uh, a lot of your questions shortly in a 12 social media questions of Christmas segment and hopefully tell a few stories. Although we can't count, so it might not be exactly 12. Get it? 12 days of Christmas. Mm. On yeah, the 12 I... days of Christmas, my true love gave to me a, dildo. a kebab and a tree. <laughs> First, though, we thought we'd put our heads together and try to think of the most special and most festive thing that we could give you as a Christmas present. And what could be better than a Christmas wrap from Big Jim himself? I'm back. So I'm back with a brand new wrap. It's Christmas and Joe Smith is spooning his cap with a peel back. You know what's next? That's right, Goody's fat. Ha ha, ha Another year passed on this old school podcast. It's all gone so fast. See what I've done there, it rhymes. Look, he's loving it there. Look, he's absolutely loving it, these boys here. A lot has happened this year as I sip on this black looking beer. So now it's time for me to tell you right here I don't really hate Marla, it's maybe just fear, but not on my part, his breath smells like a fart. That's all I can say, as Andy Rowe, he looks away. Talking of Andy Rowe, the old foe, he ate a can of cat food not so long ago. But he is here with me, and the other who looks like a she. He's here every week, drinking syrup in his tea. I do worry about him and when he will get slim. But he hasn't come here on a bloody whim as he drinks Coke out of a tin. We now call him Katie Hopkins off the TV as Goody's wife screams at him, Pee-wee. Well, that's it for now. I bet you're all wondering how I rapped so well and I'm hung like a cow. Wow. Lastly, I just... Wanted to say, it's nearly my favourite day. But I just wanted to leave you with one last word, if I may, Goody. Please get us to Christmas number one. Goody has promised me if we do, I can spoon his mum. Oh, no, Jim. <laughs> what, what, what do you think? What do you think of the rap? Very nice, Jim. Well done. Thank you. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it was mm, lovely. Yeah. I like that last line as well. It was beautiful. See what I did there? Mm, yeah. See, yeah. see I mean, Christmas number one, Goody's mum. Yeah. I mean, it could have been Never my mum. Never let what, anyone listen to that, well, It'd be very weird. I was going to put my mum, but if we get to Christmas number one, it'd be very weird for me to spoon my mum. Have, so. have you never spooned your mum? Well, I don't. Well, maybe when I was a kid, exactly. yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Be a bit weird now. Johnny Harwood has tweeted, which club had the best Christmas parties? Leicester's was pretty good. I was literally about to say Leicester. With Hambo's piss. Yeah, so you used to have to drink a pint of piss out of Hambo's catheter. Um, Only if you were late, and Jono wasn't having it, was he? Jono wouldn't have it, mate. Jono weren't, weren't having it. He was late, and he weren't having it. So my whole respect level of Jono went down that day. Well, Harry Ellis drank it instead, didn't he? Well, he did, yeah. Oh, so I'll fine. do it for Jono. I'll do it for Jono. I would have done it for Jono. Uh, Saracens was quite loose. Then you lost your... Your wedding jacket, didn't you? I was going to say, lost my what? <laughs> your wedding jacket. Yeah, Chris Ashton tore my wedding jacket up and then threw it in the toilet and then pissed on it. So 
Well, I paid Mike Ellery uh, 50 quid to throw him through a fence and a bush, which we, he did. Yeah. End off. End off. Don't you, fuck. So you couldn't fight your own fight? Wow. Well, you just I, had to chuck money in the situation. You're yeah, big dog, well, you're that's what you do, mate. Yeah, yeah, broke the salary cap at Saris. <laughs> Mark Thomas has tweeted, best Christmas party stories. We just sort of covered that a little bit, unless you've got some more over the years. And uh, who loves a fancy dress costume? James Haskell. Does he? Mm. He loves everything, doesn't he? Well, he loves dressing up. Yeah. He's a, he's a bit weird like that, Haskell. He came as Freddie Mercury once and pulled it off pretty well, to be honest. Rocket Man! No, that's Elton John. Sorry, oh, wrong Jim. one. Sorry. I'm just saying. Sorry. <laughs> you were about to sing and enjoy. No, I wasn't. I was about to go. That is not. I was about to do Queen. Bohemian Rhapsody and I couldn't remember the start of it. So Rocket we'll, Man. <laughs> we'll keep rocking. Oh, dear. Oh, Burning another banner head. Another one, Goody. Alex Good. Full kit wanker, we used to call him. Oh, you know, can we say him. that word or not? Yes. I'll say wanker on here. Of course we can. Say whatever we want. Yeah, so after we won the Champions Cup. We, well, he's gone you, out. You watched them win it for you. He's gone out full kit that he played in. He didn't he stay in it for like two days. Stayed in it for two days. Absolutely he's gone buzzing. out. So he loves a fancy dress, yeah. and that's kind of become a tradition now that he. I mean, no one knows who he is. They think good, Andy good, good. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah anyway, that's Blake, why he's not yeah. getting picked. I know, I know. But I'm, I, I I'm feel hammering for Eddie Jones on here, and he I ain't getting picked for, for England because Eddie thinks he's my brother. Feel for him. He ain't my brother. Yeah, he's my sister. No, that what's that song? Is he, he ain't heavy. He ain't heavy. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Matt Benwell has tweeted, "What's your favourite club Christmas tradition?" In the old days of Wimbledon RFC Third Fifteen, we used to have a Christmas belly comp for who gained the most weight. I win it every year without a shadow of a doubt. How much would you put on over Christmas? Would you say? I don't, I don't think I can get much bigger, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, I bet you're right. There's not much loose skin to go into. Uh, um, so, how do you gauge over Christmas? Like, okay, you've had a good Christmas. How do you gauge that? Do you be like, is that because you got bought a Rolex, or you know, you've got a new iPad, or you've kept it under 10 kgs? Oh, you don't weigh. Who weighs, yeah. who weighs himself before Christmas and after Christmas? No one, <laughs> unless you're a professional rugby player. But you go on visuals, which we are not anymore. You go on visuals though. Like, no, it's, so just when what, it, no, it's, it's when you can. You know, when you've had a lot of food. No. Yeah, of course you do. Everyone has. And you lie down, you're like, Jesus. Oh, oh. So define a, a good have, Christmas. So you say, oh, I've had a good Christmas. What does that mean? Oh, a good Christmas to me would be uh, spending time with the family, drinking with the family, just being happy, eating, drinking, and being merry, James. Smoking vape or not? No, mate. No, okay, no, 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 no. I just no. didn't know whether that, how you relaxed. Mark Gillespie has tweeted in just on that. Oh. Were you ever tempted to get a ban over the Christmas period and what was your PB weight gain in December? We did, as, as professional rugby players, you can't really, and being truthfully honest, you can't weight gain over December. It's more compared to what you do at the end of a season. So I did eight kilos in an off-season once. <laughs> <laughs> was that did at Leicester? Actually, that was at Leicester, yeah. I remember it. Leicester, wow. and we rock up and... Again, don't let don't let a lie get in the good way of a story. Is that what they say? Never let the truth get in the way of a good story, Jim. But <laughs> so we've turned up at Bradgate Park, Goody. You've never seen cellulite like it. Back of his house, and we spoke about it on the live show. Back of his house, Cockers is absolutely raging. So we're having to do hill runs, but they have to do it with their tops off. So Goody, Tom Vandell, tops off. I mean, you, you're talking. It's like a Jim Hamilton stood next to an Andy Good. It is like Adonis and horrendous. Go up the hill, everyone's thinking, oh, look at Good here, like tits wobbling down on the way down. So do about 10 to 15 hill runs. I remember it. And we're like, go Goody! Next thing, he wins 10 of the 15 out of everyone. I think you and Austin, them two were leading it. And I was like, this guy is an absolute legend Hero. weapon. Oh. <laughs> legend. So, yeah. You, you can't, because but that's I... not a good thing. Like That isn't like, you, know, you look at it, it's like... 
Mate, that's not a good thing. Your heart must have been absolutely <laughs> pumping blood, screaming, pumping blood. <laughs> that's the thing. So rugby players, you don't really get you don't get Christmas off. Do you? you get Christmas Day? George off. Cruz did. Yeah, well, if you if you book your injuries in or your bands, um, and Joe Marler's spoken about it in terms of trying to get banned. Some people try and get banned around Christmas. You see the high shots going in now. They just want Christmas off, don't Smart. they? Smart. But sometimes you play on Boxing Day. Sometimes you play on the twenty seventh. Um, so you only actually get Christmas Day off. So you don't get time to put on. And S and C coaches are on you like it's going out of fashion. When I play, I played every for whatever reason. Maybe because I was cannon fodder. I played every Christmas. I never got Christmas off. Yeah, ever. So our George Christmas, Cruz. our Christmases came at the end, in the off season when you go wild. <laughs> Eight kilos. <laughs> Why have you come? Well, it was Christmas. <laughs> but it's the summer, Goody. Will Isaac has tweeted in, uh, does Goody have a full Chinese buffet and a corona for Christmas dinner? Can I just clear something up? I've never been to a Chinese buffet. You are lying. I'm not lying. I've never been to an all-you-can-eat Chinese buffet. I go to places like Nobu and Hakazan. I don't go to the cheap, horrible, five-pound, all-you-can-eat stuff. You're a file. But I'll, I'll eat a lot in those Chinese places. So are you trying to say that... Well, Nobu's Japanese. But... Okay, but Japanese food and Nobu do healthy food. Yeah. Where has the inflation come from, then? <laughs> I've been taking anti-inflammatories. They're not working. Mate, they're not. They're not. Um, do, no, I have a full Christmas dinner with about 45... <laughs> roast potatoes uh, 45 and 50, 50 Yorkshire puddings. Four <laughs> Yorkshire puddings and 50 pigs in blankets. Yeah, well, Jordan Barnes has uh, tweeted in, how many pigs in blanket is a serving? Why are they called pigs? Oh, I get it, yeah. Oh, why are they called? Have you just said why no, they called pigs and blankets? Mean to. I didn't mean to. How many? I think you got to have at least six. Sixty. Sixty. Eight. I'm going to say eight. Sixty-eight. Eight is a serving. Eight pigs and blankets. Dan Chalkley has asked how many pigs and blanket can Goody eat in a minute? Oh, we should do that. We could make a TV channel out of this. Uh, what? Yeah, they do grotesque obesity. What? What's the? What's the program in America? Man versus food. Good versus food. I can eat a lot. Of I food. have never lost a food. I can eat a lot of food. You actually can. I've blocked a lot of toilets in my town. <laughs> yeah. Hey, just speaking the truth, mate. You never blocked a toilet, Andy Rowe? Oh, oh you reverse cowgirl. Imagine cow reverse, reverse cowgirl after he's eating a can of cat food. God, <laughs> sweet Mary. With five Guinnesses as well. Oh. Jim, uh, Mark Smith wants to know what you've got your kids for Christmas and have you forgotten any of them? Right, I have no idea. Shall I ring the wife? Have you got many presents? Has she done it all? Um... Have you thought, have you sat there and thought, right, JJ wants this? Yeah. I can't remember my other kid's name. Yeah, I have, yeah. I'm, I've got a thing, I don't want to spoil him too much. I, I didn't get anything <laughs> for Christmas when I was a kid, so I don't want to spoil him. We don't really get the twins anything. The twins don't need anything. What? They can play with the boxes and the paper. Mm, they do they love ain't the, bothered. They, they do want. love boxes, don't they? Exactly. So, my yeah, so not. JJ's got can of Guinness. Yeah, good man. Some budgie smugglers. Yeah. Phoebe, Phoebe's got some chinos. Spoke chinos. <laughs> She's got some chinos. <laughs> and my wife's got some new white company bed linen. <laughs> <laughs> All just happens to be our sponsors. And I should say as well, JJ's got into reading as well, so he's going to learn a little bit about the origins of the phrases we use every day. So, Merry Christmas, kids. <laughs> Rugby Ulster has tweeted, if Santa could bring you one player, past or present, and salary cap free, who would it be? If Father Christmas could empty his sack... Under my tree with a player. <laughs> Richie McCall, bring him back. Loved him. Really? Loved him. Just just two similar players going about the business. Too old, oh, Jim. Well, you know, old school, like not too flashy, just in the shadows. Leader of men. He wasn't in the shadows. He was phenomenal. Phenomenal at cheating. The best cheat I've ever seen on a rugby field. Ridiculous. Yeah. Um, Jonah Lomu. 
Love to see yeah. him back. Yeah. Um, obviously, he had a massive impact on everyone's career, really, in terms of turning the game professional, single-handedly, pretty much. 95 World Cup. Uh, obviously, we've lost him now, which is a great shame, but um, he's an iconic figure in the game. And I actually played against him once, and I managed to, what I call, tackle him. I got two-handed touch on him, and I shouted touch. He didn't go down. No. But, yeah, General Omi, I'd bring back. Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. For anyone that hasn't seen it already, there's a truly inspiring documentary that's just come out on Rugby Pass about Benetton and Italy fly half Ian McKinley. Uh, he lost sight in one eye after an incident on the rugby field and has battled back to play international rugby. It's an amazing story uh, and we thought we'd get the man himself on the line to talk about it. Ian, how are you, mate? I'm good. How are you keeping? Good, good. It was an amazing story on, on Rugby Pass. What was it like to sort of relive it all and, and, and tell your story? Yeah, I suppose when you're when you're the one sort of living it, you don't sort of uh, look back on uh, on everything that's uh, happened. So whenever you see something like that in in, uh, in a 30 minute block, is uh, you know is pretty uh, is interesting to watch. So um, no, I was happy with how it went, and uh, yeah, hopefully other people uh, took something out of it. Mate, it's, it's definitely been well received, that's for sure. Can you just briefly uh, just tell the listeners um, what happened in the original incident? Um, when you were at the bottom of that rock? Yeah, so back in 2010, I was just playing a club game and found myself on my back uh, at the bottom of a rock and just unfortunately a teammate just went in with his foot and uh, his stu- or basically his boot caught my uh, my face or just went uh, straight into my face like a sort of a stamping motion and just unfortunately the stud burst my eyeball and uh, yeah, was uh, rushed straight away to hospital and uh, had emergency surgery and... Uh, yeah, it wasn't 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 too pretty <laughs> to say the least. But um, I suppose it was more shock than anything else. But yeah, that was basically that was the the injury at the time. And then just after that, you regained about seventy percent of of your vision, didn't you? Um, and on your first game back, were you eye gouged? When I got back, so I got back playing six months after the accident, and um, yeah, about. It happened a couple of times uh, that I was that I was gouged in my my good eye. So uh, again, it's not. Uh, like I've said it before, it's not something that I want to, you know, fully publicise, but it's it's definitely an important part of the story because that's you know that's the reason that I wear the goggles is just to protect my uh, one functional eye. So yeah, there are not not incidents, so you know I I will hold with uh, any fond memories, but yeah, unfortunately well, happens. Yeah, exactly, mate. Go on, uh, say, where were you playing when that happened? Oh, just for my club at the time in Ireland. Just club, club yeah. yeah. Oh dear. And just to, yeah. just talk us through the decision as well, because your story, like it, it, it is amazing to see you back on the rugby field and, and, and playing to the standard that you're playing at now, having been through what you've been through. But talk us through that kind of decision process. Like we spoke when I was over in Italy, but in terms of you thought your career was over, you spoke to Joe Smith, you spoke to the powers that be uh, in Ireland, and then you move over to Italy. And, and what kind of changed your mind to start playing again? I suppose it was a couple of a couple of factors. Um, one was certainly having you know, unfinished business. Um, when I when I retired at 21, it's it's not something you you know. I think every sports person wants to wants to stop on their on their own terms, and then to stop at the age of 21 when you when you think you've got a lot more to to do is obviously difficult to uh, is difficult to uh, comprehend, as it were. And and then I suppose something again. I, I don't publicise too much, but I suppose Nevin de- Nevin uh, Spencer's death as well was a big thing. It was a, obviously a huge story in Ireland, and I would have played a bit with him. And uh, to lose someone so young, you, you sort of realize how, uh, how precious life is and you just uh, if you think you have an opportunity to go at it again you, you just do it so that was sort of my thought process and obviously you moved over to Italy originally uh, to coach uh, and then you started playing again for Viadana and obviously that's 
grown into bigger and better things now, playing for Italy. I mean, that must be phenomenal to go. The whole story of, of what happened to playing international rugby, and especially last month, I know the game didn't go overly well for, for Italy, but playing against Ireland over in Chicago for Italy, that must just uh, have been a, an amazing moment for you. Yeah, I suppose it was certainly surreal when you're when you're lining lining out against the the anthem of your you know the country of your birth. But I suppose at the end of the day, you know you're there to uh, to win a rugby game. And yeah, as you said, the result was was not good. So if I'm to be totally honest, I didn't fully you know obviously didn't enjoy the experience when you lose fifty six seven. It's not it's not the best thing. But um, I suppose you know later on in my career, I can look back on it with uh, with fond memories. So. Um, you know, who, who knows? Maybe if you get another chance, hopefully the results will go a bit better. <laughs> Mate, definitely. Talking about getting another chance and and the kind of results, the results for the Benetton team over there, having been there myself, but also Italy as well. The big one against Georgia that we saw. How good a job is Conor O'Shea doing? You've come from a very successful pedigree playing in Ireland. <clears throat> going over to Italy where they've been a bit static for a few years. Connors comes over and he's done a fantastic job. Just tell us what, how he's done and how he's affected Italian rugby on the whole. Yeah, I think it's it's important to, you know, hold the strong values within Italian rugby and, and Italian people, you know, to, to keep that, uh, to keep those things very, very much. In, but also, obviously, Connors brought his experience from Harlequins in and, you know, getting the right people in, in the right areas. I know Pete Atkinson coming in has been a big, uh, a big help from the S&C side of things. But as well, um, you know, Kieran Crowley, our coach at Benetton and Mike Bradley at Zebra deserve also a huge amount of credit as well with the work they're doing. The results now that, that they're getting, you know, you can see, uh, you know, the consistency in in, uh, in our games and international rugby, I know, is completely different to club club level but uh, hopefully you know with the experience that we're getting all the guys are getting now at you know producing better results hopefully that can uh, that can be produced now on an international stage and then just going back to you playing um you know obviously you only got sight in one eye uh, as a kicker ex-kicker myself it's hard enough anyway with 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 two eyes and a round belly but um just talk to me about <laughs> kicking now and just for our listeners, how hard is it kicking with one eye? Is it different from one side of the field to the other? Obviously, with the um, definition of which eye is looking at the, the posts. Yeah, I suppose uh, you know place kicking for me is sort of sort of remained the same. I suppose what 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 is a bit more tricky is just the kicking out of hand because um, I'm left-footed and I'm blind in my left eye. So sometimes you put the ball out there and you don't actually see the ball, <laughs> which doesn't help. <laughs> uh, you know, you just sort of adapt, and I think as you would know yourself as a kicker you just you know you almost kick on instinct as well at the same time so you know I've adapted a, a couple of things which I'm always working on it's not a finished article by any means you know make mistakes all the time but um, you know it's just a work in progress <laughs> that's the best way I can describe it well you do an amazing job mate to be honest thank you and also not just on that sense but you're fluent in Italian as well aren't you am I right in saying that I heard you speaking a bit uh, of lingo. Listen, I understood I a bit I, a little you know by the parole if I can order at a bar then that's you know that's enough to get me enough to keep me going can you just can you give <laughs> yeah. can you give us a line of how if me and goody we are married but if we weren't married and get divorced after christmas we don't go home with any christmas presents if we were to get divorced then move to italy and try to woo a woman what could yeah. we say give us a line that we could say all the listeners that want to head over to italy who are single well if you know if you're talking to a woman i suppose you just say say una, una bellissima donna uh, so you're a beautiful woman and i don't know <laughs> hey that works <laughs> for you mate i said i said Negri is standing beside me here. That's the only, the only two words that he's got um, in the in the two years he's been here. But uh, hey, just just tell me that line one more time. The ciao bella. Ciao bella. 
Ciao bella, yeah. But unfortunately, it doesn't really work for Seb, so we'll uh, we'll have to work on it <laughs> with him. But he's a big old unit. <laughs> he is a unit. Yeah, yeah. Ian, thank you so much for joining no us. Problem. And um, yeah, if we can we can see that on Rugby Pass, it's a truly inspiring documentary. And, and I wish you all the best for the future, mate. Cheers. Thanks very much. Cheers Appreciate for that, it, mate. That's unbelievable, isn't it? I've commentated on him quite a few times when he's played in the sort of Champions Cup and stuff like that. Watching him play and kick, first and foremost, he's a good-looking guy. Yeah. Like, proper good-looking guy. Yeah. A bit of a man crush. Secondly, just watching him play and how graceful he is playing, and you actually forget he's blind in one eye, apart from you see his goggles. And when he when he says that, you know, I'm blind in my left eye, I'm left-footed, you stick it out there, and I, you start thinking about it as a kicker. There's times when you try and hook a ball around a corner and stuff like that. He is kicking it. Without being able to see that sort of side of his body, yeah, the it's, it's, vision. it's phenomenal. I spoke to Brendan Mackin and a couple of other people, uh, kind of in the lead up to doing the documentary and going to Italy to meet him and and having met him. So the aftermath of it, and I'm not just saying this because we've had him on the phone and trying to talk him up because he, he, was, he was a gent of a bloke for one letting us do the documentary and, and how welcome he was when I was there. He was in line with Sexton apparently, that talented, mm. until the accident happened. Mm. He was well thought of and you only have to watch the documentary to see how highly Leo Cullen speaks of him, Connor O'Shea, and this is not people feeling sorry for what's happened. This is people talking about how good a player, what he adds to the changing room mm. on and off the field. So yeah, yeah, mate, It's awesome, awesome to have him on. Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. If you haven't signed up already, we've got even more great content on our new Superfans monthly subscription service on patreon.com forward slash the rugby pod, all for the price of just a coffee a month. I caught up with Andy Powell for one of the latest offerings, so we thought we'd play you a quick clip of that now so you can get a taste of what's on offer. You know, Bucky's brother's a legend of a guy. Mm. What, what a, and Victor Matfield, what a great guy. Top people, good friend, and you know, friends for life. Because you, you've told you told me a story in the pub earlier about um, some run-ins you had with Bucky's Borta back in the day. Can you, can you tell us that story? Yes. First cap, uh, I think it was like 20 minutes to go. Bucky's Borta's come on his short line. Was oh, this your first cap for first Wales? Ca- for, yeah, against South Africa. Oh, and he's uh, he's come on his line. He wasn't wasn't getting the ball. And I just whapped him as hard as he... He's gone up in here, landed on his back. And I said, get up, you fucker. Straight like this to him. And he's looked at me. He said, my friend, I will fucking kill you. So I'm looking for him for the next 20 minutes in this game, thinking he's going to kill me. After the game, he comes up to me and goes, I didn't get you in the game, but my friend, I will get you back somewhere in the future. I'm thinking, mate, you probably won't play against me ever again. Two years later, I signed for sale, Sharks, hiding Cup game against Toulon. I'm looking in the program now, in the dressing room, thinking, oh my God, i got this crazy mad bastard back. He's brother playing at lock. I'm starting at eight. Two minutes left from the game, sale against Toulon. I've gone for a jackal. And he's wiped me clean out off the ball. He grabs me on the scruff. He goes, Pauline, my friend, I told you I'd get you fucking back. <laughs> and it took him two years fucking late. He didn't forget one bet. Oh. But we had a pint after and he did, well, he doesn't drink. He had a, I think he had a pint of squash, but what a legend of a guy. If you like the sound of that and want to listen to the whole thing, just head to patreon.com forward slash the rugby pod to find out more. Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. Simon Elkinson tweeted before, uh, in best stories of how players might have got some time off over the Christmas period. George Cruz. Always his back. Every, mate, it was anything and everything. Every, and he's bringing out now, actually, a CBD oil as well, him and Dom Day. Because I think George Cruz now feels guilty for Dom Day doing all his training. So he's looking, before he gets sued, he's looking at trying to bring out all these remedies to help Dom Day. And George texts me to help me as well. Because he's worried about my joints, my neck, my back. My neck. Christmas. My back. My, my booty and my crack. <laughs> 
So he, uh, so George Cruz, it was calf one year, brother's wedding. I mean, who gets married in Amsterdam on Christmas Day? I mean, again, I'm not a wedding specialist nor knowledge of getting married and pricing and stuff like that. There was apparently a wedding there. You can at least make it in a decent place like yeah. Barbados or somewhere. Yeah, Henry oh. Tuolangi, hamstring chief, hamstring bro. So what's happened here? I'll pull my hamstring chief. Smart, mate. Yeah. It's Smart. all about little niggles. Just not a big niggle, just enough to get on the beach somewhere. Yeah. So you can't have too big a niggle that you can't go away and you need serious physio. Um, the old Christmas back, Christmas calf was always a big Christmas one. Christmas calf was a big calf one, was yeah, a big the Christmas one. calf. Owen Jones, 53, has tweeted in, speaking of Henry Tuilangi, uh, Henry, Freddie, Elsana, Manu and Jim Hamilton in the ring, who wins? Easy. No one comes out alive. <laughs> No, Hen- Henry. No, no one comes out alive Henry, there. Henry comes out alive. Henry, do you remember when he knocked Alex out? Yes. Oh, my days. I've never seen... People talk about the Islander hierarchy, and we were lucky enough to be involved with the two Alangis. And, we and, befriended them. Uh, yes, we did. Yeah. Alisana, two Alangis, put my mate Kofskin through a, um, a bus shelter. Really? Yeah. He, he deserved it, though, because he was Yeah, your he mate. did. He was your mate. Yeah, and Kofskin said, what do I do? I said, mate, you run at him. Next thing, Alisana's put him through the bus stop. <laughs> But interestingly, got a story about the two Alangis and, and the late Sarah Rambini. So after we lost the champion, uh, the European Cup, Heineken Cup at the time, if it was still called that, to Wasps, you'll remember. 07. 07. Mm-hmm. The week before we won the Premiership, but we didn't celebrate against it. Against Gloucester, yeah. Against Gloucester. Scored because- a hell of a try. All right, mate. It's not all about Scored you. Scored a hell of a try. It's not all final. about you. So we didn't celebrate the Premiership and then we lost the final. Yeah. Um, and we were all... Obviously went big then, it was the end of the season. Yeah, line-out gate, we, we lost it at the front of the line Exactly, twice. Julian White weren't interested. So, all come back to Welford Road, and I remember absolutely steaming on the balcony, smoking cigars, big fights all kicked off, don't know what, or a bit of, like, a scuffle or whatever. Apparently Stephen Cigar's in the kitchen, there's something happening in there with Henry. And next thing, all the lights get turned on, right, we're out, the police are coming, we need to get out, we need to get out. So I've walked out, obviously, like, what's what's happening? As a young lad, like, thinking if it's kicking off, I'm Stephen Cigar, I'm in the kitchen as well. And Seru is stood there with Henry Tulang, and they're like, Jim, can you take Seru home? Like, he's, he's steaming, and we know what Fijian's like if they have a beer. It ain't pretty. So I'm like, oh, Seru, Seru, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll uh, take you home. I live around the corner. Actually, so that you got the two, you got the football stadium and the rugby stadium. I lived 100 meters away in a massive penthouse, an amazing shithole. <laughs> <laughs> so as I'm like, oh, Seru, Seru, I'll take you. Next thing, Seru's literally open hand slapped me round the face. And next thing, it like you know, Henry's grabbed him, like choked him out, and then I don't know why, but I've thrown a, a thrown a handbag as well. At that point, at Seru, or at, at Seru, the police have turned up at that point and CS gassed. Everyone. I mean, I didn't flinch um, when I got CS gassed. <laughs> and me and Sarah Rambini have been arrested. We've been locked up. I remember in the morning. So locked up. Don't go let me out. I got locked up. And we had an all day the next day. And I remember being in the cell and the police were fine about it because, it, it, you know, it wasn't that big an incident. And they're like, oh, um, right, we're going to let you go. No charges. Everyone's sobered up. You know, the, the European land's been trashed. We need a hand trying to wake your colleague up. And I've gone into his cell and Seru is like this. <laughs> like he is snoring. He's, and we literally can't wake him up. I was like, we just leave him. Just leave him. I've got an all day to get to. I head to the fancy dress shop. Jailbird. I've got a full jailbird outfit. Straight to the training ground. Mate, I felt like I'd won the European Cup. I got that much of a reception. <laughs> but do not mess with people from the islands. Yeah, Henry Tolangi wins it all day long. Miles Warner has tweeted, what is the shittest gift you got in your playing days? Shittest gift. Someone bought me a Chris Ashton's book called Shit Splash. The Ash Splash. 50p. Horrendous read about the 2000 and 
11 World Cup where we don't talk about anything apart from what I eat and what I drink. Did actually write a book on that? Yeah, called Shit Splash. Yeah, he did. You can buy it now in, you know, the one pound shop. Yeah. But it's half price, so it's not even a pound. <laughs> uh, shittest gift you got in your playing days. Um, I'm sure someone wrapped a cucumber up for you before. Oh, best gift I've got in Secret Santa. Someone every year, is it a 20 quid maximum you're allowed to spend? And they got me 20 quid's worth of, um, they got me 20 quid's worth of Krispy Kreme donuts that went down in about five minutes. Amazing. Thoughtful presents like that. Thoughtful. I like those sort of presents. Thoughtful. Like the cans of Coke here. Life-threatening. These are life-threatening gifts here. A big here. bag of crisps and the Veet. I've run out of Veet, so thank you. Matt Bishop is asked, have you got any more terms for the reserves, like bin-juiced or mixed veg? Also, he uh, wants to know if you can explain why you call them the shags. No idea. Why are they called the shags? I don't know. So you've got the mixed veg, the shags... The bin juice. I wasn't there when they were called the bin juice. The Deadwood. The Deadwood. Team CU you next named, Tuesday. Yeah, you named it the Team CU next Tuesday, didn't you? Because well, yeah, you were trying to scrap every week. Why? Yeah, it was a good, good, good team. ACAD. That was it. Um, I don't know why they were called the Shags. I mean, because <laughs> it sounds ridiculous. The Shaggers. Oh, all right, mate. No. no. Well, I was never in it, was I, obviously? No, you weren't. No, so you didn't know. Omar has asked, is Coventry Kebab House still the best kebab in Cov? Because he thinks a German donor kebab donor. Is, is better. That's open in the Burgess. Might be better. It might be better. I mean, I've never heard of a German, German donor kebab. There's too many stories from the Cov Kebab House. So, no, I can't, it's well, like a walk down memory lane. The donor kebab was invented in Germany. All right, yeah. kebab yeah. man. Was it? Yeah. Mate, I knew you added value to this. Good, I knew good, it. Good kebab knowledge. Yeah, That's good. great. Yeah, if you're ever in Berlin, uh, the best kebab in the world apparently is there. It's really good. No, I don't believe it. Coventry Kebab House. Best Mate, kebab in the yeah, world. you're going to struggle to beat the Kov Kebab House. I, would, I wouldn't have a night out in Kov, though. Well, that's what I was going to say. I, I told the story before about my mate FNL Mike who got knocked out outside the kebab shop yep. for no reason yep. by some Polish dude. And you said, I'm, I'm going to have him. I'm going to have him round around the corner. And the guy wanted to film me. And I said, mate, why did you do it? Why did you do that? You're horrible. And then Mike was basically getting, FNL Mike was getting CPR. And you ran car. away. Well, I didn't run away. I wanted to go back and save his life <laughs> and make sure that he was still breathing. But he had a big sovereign mark on his cheekbone. Oh, and that's the memory. I can't even remember what the kebab tastes like. But then when we were young, we used to go in there and like we used to squirt mustard all over the lads and call him Colonel Mustard. Get it? Yeah. Yeah, look, he's like Colonel Mustard. Bit of ketchup. There you go. Lads, eh? I mean, absolute idiots. And I'm married with four, four kids. Yeah, four kids. Biff Hanley, what is the best or worst initiation you have A, done or B, heard of? We used to, it wasn't really, it was an initiation actually at Wasps when, you know when you have like proper drink offs together as a team, you have to now do it behind closed doors, you can't do it in a pub, anything like that. We used to do it at the training ground and have a court session and if you're a young academy player that has just made its first team debut that season, you had to sit in the swimming pool, which was an inflatable pool and their initiation was, no one is allowed to go to the bathroom except in that pool. <laughs> if you need to be sick, be sick on them, if you need to... Go to the bathroom, you go to the bathroom in that pool, and they wow. had to sit in it. That's pretty can, horrible, isn't it? Yeah, you can't do that these no, days, you so can't. you can't. Um, no, it never happened. I never took part in that. I just didn't think it was right. Well, obviously, I did think it was right, because I used to love the initiations. They were my favourite part of rugby, to be honest with you. None of this showbiz on TV scoring tries. It was all to do with the initiation. So I was the judge back in the glory days at Leicester. I was the captain of Team CUNT. Uh, which also meant captain of the A-League. I was just basically the captain. Now, I was was the judge of the younger group, and 
we did some ridiculous things in terms of bend over, pour some liquid down your back and get underneath and drink it. Can't do that now, so probably won't talk too much about it running off the testicles. <laughs> but we had to drink different things. So it would be, you know, beer, it'd be tuna and cat food. <laughs> Look at him, his eyes lighting up. Yeah. 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 In a blender. So I was the judge. I, I used to demand it. But Brett Deacon, who's the co- uh, defence coach at Leicester now, brought in some Tabasco sauce that his mum had bought off the black market in Greece. I mean... I remember this. Who buys Tabasco sauce on the black market in Greece? And then who brings it to a court session? Well, Deeks does. So everyone sat round, and I've tried some, so you have to put a tiny bit on your little finger, put it on your tongue, and your the burning in your mouth was ridiculous. Goes round, we don't even get all the way round, and then we had a, a player in the team called Yomi Akinyemi, was like, my mama makes hotter sauce than this chops this with a buffalo, chops the whole lot of Tabasco mm. sauce off the black market. Next thing, he literally falls off and he is absolutely fucked. Hospital or whatever, and then the thing, like, people don't realise how serious it is, so, like, a bit of a ruckus kicks off. What I didn't realise was, as I was trying to help him, I've got Tabasco sauce all over my hands. I'm wearing a big blonde wig, and I've got this blonde wig, so the next thing, I've got Tabasco sauce in my eyes, and oh. both my eyes have completely closed up. Completely closed up. <laughs> There's no upside in Tabasco sauce, that hot, is there? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. I thought you said you were going to... They pulled it down the back and it went on the testicles. Imagine the sting. Oh, can you imagine the sting? Oh. On the sting on the ring. Oh, dear. See, it's a double whammy. It's rhyming. Shall we leave it there? Uh, well, thank you very much. Um, hope you enjoyed this little extra Christmas present from us. Uh, and thank you very much for listening over the last year as well and for all your support. Uh, if you can give us a review on iTunes, subscribe on iTunes and share the pod with your mates on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram or in your WhatsApp groups just to let them know about it. Uh, that'd be great. Get us to Christmas number one. That'd mean a lot to us uh, as well. Have a very Merry Christmas and a great New Year. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone. Rugby pod. Pod, pod, pod. Christmas pod. Merry Christmas.